It's 8.38 on a uh, Tuesday more. Or, yeah, it is Tuesday. Uh, the holidays kind of throw me off a little bit. Uh, we, uh, we're we ending, uh, coming to the end of 2023, and one of the biggest conversations that has been had uh, all over the country is uh, concerning artificial intelligence, and really all over the world. Uh, and it affects so many different industries and so many different walks of life that uh, we've decided to maybe have a, a conversation with people who are whose job does uh, could be affected by this one way or the other and one of them is uh, the superintendent of schools dr matt hillman who is sitting in with us today matt good morning thank you so much it's, it's a delight to be here and uh let's just be clear for chief elliot we are not playing any ai produced music today so i don't want to see the squad car sprinting down division here chief elliot and we should talk about ai generated art as part of this as well, because it's a it's an interesting concept. It, it, uh, you know, the education uh, aspect really. There are so many things that uh, it affects with education. I mean, there's so many different topics we can go into. Uh, Rich Larson is joining us as well because we want to see his forehead, to, you know, explode when we yeah. start talking about AI. So. He's still talking about artificial artificial intelligence. I'm the grumpy old man who has to uh, play devil's advocate on everything. No, we're gonna so. we're gonna try to soften that grumpy old man. Okay. spirit today. Okay, is 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 AI C3PO or is it the Terminator? <laughs> yeah. You tell me. I like to think of it as R2D2, but okay. <laughs> you know, artificial intelligence. The conversation has been around. Uh, Probably all my life, people have talked about mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, but all of a sudden, in really in 2023, it started becoming a reality. It was probably around this time last year when people started talking about chat GPT, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit earlier in the year. But, uh, you know, where we've come in a year, that's really taking, taking uh, the world by storm. Um, so... Why? Where do we start? Let's kind of go back, Matt, and get get some of your thoughts on the origins of AI and when it started coming on your radar in a realistic sense. Well, I, I think first of all, you mentioned Chat GPT, and uh, you know, I think people uh, to put it in context. In my lifetime, um, well, not in my lifetime because I'm not you know this old yet. But if you think about how long of a time it took for certain technologies to take root. In American society, I think this is a really interesting framework for any discussion about um, artificial intelligence. So, I think many people would consider one of the greatest innovations in human history as the telephone. I think we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. Seem reasonable. Mm-hmm. It took seventy-five years for there to be one hundred million users of the telephone. Facebook, something that reasonable people can disagree on its usefulness, mm-hmm. uh, four and a half years uh, to reach a hundred million users. The World Wide Web, so when the web really started to become something that people could use through browsers like Netscape, Mozilla for X, the precursor to next, uh, to Netscape. Rich remembers Mozilla for I X. do yep. remember. I remember Al Gore calling me and telling me, hey, I, in, I invented this thing. You should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love Al Gore in any yeah. conversation about this. <laughs> uh, but the World Wide Web took seven years for 100 million users. Chat GPT, two months. Wow. <laughs> and and people, I mean, ChatGPT was released on November 30th, 2022. So just think about that for a minute, about how it has changed uh, the way that a lot of people look at the future. So I think that historical cons- uh, construct is important. And I think that uh, artificial intelligence, I mean, when do I think the first science fiction has always loved it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go all the way back to episodes of The Twilight Zone, probably earlier than, you know, 
clearly much earlier than that. The, uh, the day the earth stood still. Yeah, all, all of right? those kinds yeah. of things. Well, that was I think that one was more alien invasion, right? Well, the day it, but the but what, what what was the 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 the, the robot's name? Sure. I mean, he was that was that I have was forgotten, alien. and my mother yeah. is is cursing me right now that I have forgotten one of her <laughs> I'm favorite thinking movie 2001, characters. Two thousand one. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. over. Hello, yeah. hello, Dave. Yes. What, what are you doing, Dave? So I I think we've been talking about it hypothetically for a while. I I also think that if you really think about it. We've been using portions of, you know, smaller bits of artificial intelligence for a while. So if you really think about it, spell check is an artificial mm-hmm. intelligence tool. Very rudimentary, mm-hmm. right? It's looking at a word that you're suggesting. It's saying, yeah, I don't think you got it right, Rich, right? Let's, let's rewrite that. Now, that has evolved into a, uh, what I think is an incredible tool that I've been using for several years called Grammarly, right? It's a, yeah. an AI tool that helps you with your editing. It's pretty fantastic. So... We have been using versions of AI for a long time at a much more rudimentary level. It should be noted that Grammarly is something I should be using, and I don't because of my aversion to all these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you were looking for someone to help edit your I was. newscast. I was. And, I was. I looking Grammarly for a human. could be your friend. Well, I could. You're right. I was, but I, you know, I, I, I like humans. So, yeah. so do I. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I Maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but, but I am curious. When we talk about artificial intelligence the one thing that 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 I'm, I'm interested in knowing about is how will this not teach our kids right but how will teachers be able to use ai to instruct our students how, how is it going to be an instructional aid as opposed to you know a, a, a robotic professor so you know my love of history because that's what I, I majored, do. my undergraduate major, and I think it's important um, that AI will not replace teachers. No chance. Okay. Can't. Because we've seen this movie before, literally. Yes. yes. Right? We go back to, I think, some of the earliest pieces of where we had a technology that people uh, suggested could um, replace teaching was the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of thinking about how we could broadcast the best teachers, you know, from large cities across the country. And then it was film. Okay. And then it was television. And then it was the Internet. And guess what? We employ a lot more teachers today than we did 10 years ago. That's Not true. a lot more. We employ some more teachers than we did 10 years ago. And I think that th- you have to enter this conversation with teaching and learning is about human connection. That is the core of how we develop. People don't think back to say, boy, I really learned a lot about the Pythagorean theorem. And some people might, but they remember the person who helped them unlock that potential in them because education is, is at its core, a human endeavor. That being said, technology tools like chat GPT or Google Bard or Microsoft AI that's powered by Azure, um, or Azure, I, I guess I've never showed, Grammarly can't tell me how to pronounce that. That's mm-hmm. Microsoft's right. um, AI. It can be very helpful for people. So I think anytime we start thinking about new technologies, I, th- I think that we look at a few things like routine tasks. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks ago, I was at a, a meeting that I was not the note taker. But afterwards, the note taker, I realized that the note taker who normally takes notes at that meeting for the report that we give wasn't there. And so, oh, all right, well, I don't get a lot of time to do this, but I had taken notes and I took those notes, I threw them into ChatGPT, you know, threw them, copied and pasted them into ChatGPT and said, you know, summarize this in a report form with 10 bullet points or five bullet points. And just like that, I had wow. some. Now, that's small. You always, with, I think what we're, everyone is learning with, with um, 
any of these AI tools is you do need to double check. So I want I always like to stump things. So uh, at halftime of last night's Ravens 49ers game, mm-hmm. ChatGPT had said it was going to be a, it was 20 to 17 and the game was over, which we of course know was not the case, right? right. Mm-hmm. So it is not perfect. It's a right. it's a tool that can't do some things in real time. Uh, so I you've always got to check those things. Uh, another interesting piece is I've seen people I have not used it yet, but I've been in a number of Zoom meetings where all of a sudden I get a little pop up that says, "Just want you to know that such and such is taking notes," and so there is an uh, an AI plugin for Zoom where the AI tool will actually take the minutes of the meeting. And wow. so, what an interesting concept! We've talked about Grammarly, mm-hmm. and you cannot under undervalue tools like that, no. right? In terms of I'd, I would always prefer to have a human editor, Rich. But there are times when I'm writing stuff, I don't have someone around, right? So I need I need to plug it into something, and Grammarly is a great tool. You're, you're, of course, going to still edit and review. I am leery. I I, um, I enjoy writing. Uh, mm-hmm. Communication is, is something that I enjoy doing and appreciate the value of communication. I appreciate the beauty of the written word, you know, how wonderful spoken language is when constructed in a particular way. Indeed. So. I'm not having it write anything necessarily for me at this point, right? But there's lots of tools that you can do. You still need to edit and review it. So then there's a ton of time-saving kinds of things. Um, there's a tool that I love called Research GPT, and so it's a plug-in that some professors have put together that allows you to do some general research. So pr- very practically, here as we were looking uh, as we we're looking at how we are talking about the high school, I use Chad GPT to create. An annotated bibliography, annotated bibliography for me in just a few minutes about the effect of natural light on learning and mental health, and that would have taken me several weeks at night because I don't have time during my regular workday to do that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm doing at night for fun because I'm a big dork. But now I have more time to listen to KYMN radio because I had Chat GPT help. Now it can't read it for me. Yeah, it can't give me the salient points and make the analysis and the connection to Northfield. Um, but that general research and summarizing uh, is helpful. I attended a PLC a few months back. You asked about, specifically about our teachers, and I was listening to some of our social studies teachers talk about how they are working to provide in real-time feedback for their students on complicated topics. So this was talking about AP U.S. history. And when you take the AP U.S. history test, you are doing something that's called the DBQ. I forget what that acronym stands for. You know, education, we're the king of acronyms, right? Mm-hmm. But what, what does PLC stand for? A professional learning community. So okay. on Wednesday right. mornings, we have a one-hour late start for our teachers to get together to collaborate about what the best practice is for their students. It could be reviewing data. It could be saying, how are we giving feedback? It could be other best practices. And so this was a really good use of that one hour. Our social studies teachers were talking about a new tool that they found that would allow students to write their you know, AP U.S. history response to a hypothetical to a, or to a practice question and that the AI could give it immediate feedback. Now, hmm. those teachers would prefer to give the feedback themselves. Of course. But if you think about the number of students that they have and if you're trying to help students be able to get accelerated toward proficiency on those kinds of written exams, it's got the, it's got the rubric you know, that says if, if you write it like this, you're going to get this score. Mm-hmm. And so now the student is able to take ownership. Now, the teacher is obviously still doing all the instructing and the coaching, and they're doing some more. They can now work one-on-one with people while the rest of the class is still getting that individualized, albeit not as good feedback, right, as mm-hmm. from their human mm-hmm. teacher. 
but it's a force multiplier. So if you think about how that can help teachers, um, it's pretty impressive. You know, that uh, brings up several questions. Number one is uh, the accuracy of this. You know, when earlier this year, there were so many anecdotes, people using it for the first time, and had come up with some bizarre answers. And as you had mentioned, yeah. the, the missed the football game. It's not over. It's just halftime. The Twins won yeah. another World Series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, first, <laughs> the first thing I ever wrote into chat GPT was, Give me the history of the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. And they said they had won a World Series in 2020. I'm like, I must have missed this one because I would have gone to the ticker tape parade. The, the, the first question I asked ChatGPT is, mm-hmm. why isn't Joe Cocker in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And it gave me a thousand words on when Joe Cocker was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994, which he is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, yeah. <laughs> not, it's, it's, a, it's a nascent technology mm-hmm. yet. And, but is it? Do you know much about its development? Is it getting better? Have there been? Uh, you'd mentioned the PLC learning circles and stuff. I don't know if there's one for superintendents, but I would imagine you probably keep abreast of a lot of the uh, ideas and technologies and issues that will be facing you in the future. Are you seeing it getting any better? Well, I think it is improving. And if I so, we have not done formal training for our staff yet because I mean it's about a year and a little bit more than a mm-hmm. month old, but. You know, I went to the National Conference on Education in February, and there were a ton, already just a few months later, there were quite a few sessions on ChatGPT and how the engine, so there's a, a version of the engine, right? Um, the one that people can get for three, free is the Research G, or the ChatGPT 3.5, I think, mm-hmm. is the latest one you can get for free. Um, that is a, that The database is a couple of years old, right? So mm-hmm. you can pay, which I'm personally doing right now because this is the kind of thing I do for fun. Um, for research for chat gpt 4.0 that allows me to do some stuff with research gpt etc so of course it's getting better all the time right because its ability to learn and the, the ability to continue to update is just it's continuing to get better is there one for superintendents i'm sure that all of the students who are listening wish that there was one that i could use for calling snow days um <laughs> then all we're still going to do on the ground research for that folks right and I think it is developing um, rapidly. I think it, in any field, it can be used, right? What's the what's the best way to construct a 30-second radio commercial that is about X, Y, or Z? It's not that it's going to give you the answer, right? But it's going it's to give you some ideas. Mm-hmm. My youngest son um, was the one who, he's 19, and he's the one who helped me shift my thinking. He said, Dad, you have to think about this like you thought of Google, when it's first came out. So it isn't, you know, it's about, it, it, it is just a different way to mm-hmm. research the web in a more natural language way that bring things, brings things into summary. I mentioned before about doing that research on natural light and how it impacts student learning and uh, human mental health. And of course it spit back to me 500 words on it. Then I said, give me the papers you use to write that. And it did that. So now I could go back and read those original papers. So like with any research, you have to go back one further. Like on this radio station, you rarely, if ever, take one source, right? When you're reporting the news, it's either someone who is there, you know, live watching it, right? Or mm-hmm. you're triangulating, you're getting multiple sources. That's the same kind of thing that we need to do with any kind of generative AI. Let's talk about the classroom, you know, where the rubber hits the road. This You can certainly see why this would be an, an asset, why the teachers would like it. It gives them the ability to focus more on some individuals, maybe a little bit more time doing that. Uh, but what are the downfalls? Uh, what are the, you know, the uh, pitfalls of that? I mean, once we start 
once you start using that to make it easier, it's like we, they're, they're still in school, so we're going to have to find new stuff to put on, <laughs> like new things to learn. And How are we going to keep students from asking ChatGPT to write a paper for them? You can't. So, And guess what? People have been buying term papers for probably... A hundred years. In you, fact, I, I sold a few in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're outside of the statute of limitations. I, I hope Rich, so. Yeah. Yeah. Your is not going to come for Well, me. I think that the question that Jeff asks is one that is thousands of years old. Because if you want an enjoyable experience, uh, Google what Socrates, like the real Socrates, thought about this innovation of writing things on paper or whatever it was at this time because uh, Plato told a story about how disappointed Socrates was when he caught one of his students using a written aid instead of reciting something from memory. In fact, uh, some analysts say that Socrates believed that education was on its downfall from that moment forward <laughs> and this is not a joke i mean just you can you can put it into chat gpt if you want but you know you google it and there's this story um and i can't pronounce the i need my friend rob hardy to help me pronounce the student's name but going forward there's all in fact doing my best natalie draper imitation i have a visual aid here <laughs> um i have what is just such a delightful book that i actually use regularly uh, so bruce caldwell wrote a book called city of schools uh, a History of Public Education in Northfield, Minnesota. Wow. And I'm going to read just a short segment to you. This is uh, from page 53. And so in the spring of 1913, the high school had a significant student dishonesty incident when more than 30 students were involved with illegally obtaining, selling, and buying state examination questions. Four students admitted that they had to, they had driven to the Cannon Falls High School late one evening entered the unlocked building, and according to the testimony of a board investigation and hearing, entered, quote, entered the superintendent's office through transom, found envelopes containing questions, opened them with a match. I got solid geometry, German grammar, and German literature questions. Two of the four also admitted to entering Northfield High School and stealing questions from Superintendent George's office and a wastebasket in Principal Bishop's room. I could go on. The, the four junior boys uh, obtained all the exam questions, including botany, plane geometry, Latin, grammar, civics, modern history, physics, chemistry, zoology, senior English, junior composition, and algebra. And then the then these enterprising, entrepreneurial young students sold the exam questions to 25 students. <laughs> so this is in 1913. Boy, so that, as long as yeah. adults are asking students and children to do something – they are going to attempt to find a way around it. Once you accept that, then I think the way that we think about teaching children is different. There's an ethical question that you raised to me that is as, as important as it was in the time of Socrates or in the time of Superintendent George. <laughs> the uh, Once again, we're talking with Superintendent Matt Hillman about uh, artificial intelligence and uh, school and education. And uh, Rich Larson is also joining in on this conversation let's uh you know have are they using that in the classroom now and are you have we started designing curriculum that makes the most effective use out of this is that a, still an evolutionary process so i think when you think about <clears throat> when you think about all change again you're talking about something that is basically 13 months old right so when you think about any well, – of course we have people who are using it, just like I mentioned with uh, some social studies teachers investigating it. 
uh, people who are on what we often will refer to as the bleeding edge, right? People who are out seeking what are those kinds of new strategies that I can use with my students. Uh, and for many of those folks, it just excites them, right? That innovation excites them. For other people, they're going to be on the leading edge, right? They're going to wait. They're going to see the mistakes that other people make. They're going to learn from them, uh, and they're going to be more cautious with it. And I know there are still people who have flip phones out there, right? So you're mm-hmm. going to have some of that too because public schools are a microcosm of society. The, the, way, that I see, the way that I have seen uh, in my 30 years in public education and then being a student of history there is often this initial wave of people utilizing it, right? And there's people who are supportive of it. There are people who say, ah, that's not for us. And those are your early adopters, right? Then once it starts to take hold and people see the value in it, then you'll see more people come on board. An example, um, and I think very few schools are really ahead on this. There's a few school districts that have already invested some time in it. But there are some tools uh, that are available for teachers in their curriculum specifically to say, you know what, I need, I'm need. i writing a lesson plan on X, and I need to align that lesson plan with our state's uh, academic standards in this topic, and it will generate very quickly a, a lesson for them. Uh, it can take, it, again, it can do a number of other routine bookkeeping kinds of tasks. Uh, so that's initially how you, a lot of times you see these things uh, really take hold in the classrooms. What can it do to make that our educators' lives uh, whether they are the head custodian or the uh, AP U.S. history teacher or a kindergarten teacher, how can it help them have more time to spend with the kids, right? I think that that's the huge piece of any technology is how can it how can it save us time on routine tasks so that we can have more interaction with the human beings around us? Press for a little time. I, I, I do have one more question. We have plenty of time. Okay. Oh, then <laughs> good, because I want this. I can keep this going for a while. I've got a couple of questions, too. Um. Okay, what are the sort of outside-the-box, you know, maybe you can't answer this. I don't know. But what are the things that, that, that those of us who are not in education, right, don't think about with AI that, that could push education forward, that could teach kids in a way that we're not even thinking about now? So I think that's a broader question. Mm-hmm. So I'm shifting to analyst mode, right? This yeah. is Matt's opinion. Right. I, th- I think in that question you have to take a broader perspective because what some people assert that generative AI can do is that it can accelerate the pace of human knowledge. So wow. so if you think about one of the things that's very interesting to look at is there are analysts who are talking about revolutionary and that's a that's a that's for for the people who talk about this that's like the bottom of the barrel term about medical research. Mm-hmm. So think about how medical research impacts you know, nearly everything, you know, around us from science to mathematics to, uh, the you know, social studies, ethical questions, you know, things like that. And so I do think, I think when you start, uh, AI probably has been involved in the financial industry for many years, right? Mm-hmm. If it gets to this price, sell this, you know, do that. So as AI impacts everything else around us, it will have this important um, impact on education. Something that I do think is an interesting component is one of the tools that is with generative AI is something that's called a chat bot. I mean, it's the it's the interface that you can ask mm-hmm. that particular generative AI tool questions. And everybody's naming them now. We all know the generative AI. I mean, Siri is probably right. the most wi- you know right. widely known 
generative AI name, right? I, I think of the paperclip that used to be on Microsoft Word. I mean, that you was, got yeah, it. Yeah, yep. mm -hmm. same thing. People would not say Siri is a very good generative AI, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Uh, but if you think about the ability, especially if you have a student who just needs to be able to do some independent research on their own, some independent tutoring, there is some there is some discussion about how generative AI could be a powerful tutor for students in certain circumstances. Of course, you have to have enough background. You have to have enough um, academic um, skill, right, to be able to ask the right question. I think something that's going to be very interesting is I, I've already read that there are companies that are posting very lucrative contracts for people who are AI prompt writers. Wow. Right? If I can write, If I can write the correct prompt to generate the appropriate amount of information for me um, and that's correct, right? And hmm. it's useful to my company. Hmm. So all of those things, all of those things have an impact on education because, again, education is a microcosm of our democratic society. And so all of those things will impact us. I do think the thing I'm most interested in right now is seeing how can we, how can we use this to help students um, wherever they're at, regardless of their academic or... Um, their academic or other skill level help become independent learners, right? Because that's the goal of any public school system and my that I will be part of is our goal is to try to help uh, create independent learners who are lifelong learners who are able to take some of that responsibility on their own. And then, of course, the teacher is so critical because it, they help the students be able to shape all of that information and to be able to personify it and how they communicate with the world. You know, the... Um the future of uh, of education, you know, right now you have uh, the students have an iPod, uh, iPad. Is that what they are? That's iPads, correct, yes. and you have different uh, software programs on there depending on uh, you know what subject they want and such. Is uh, has AI been integrated into those software yet, or do you know how? When will that uh, become a reality? It's I would imagine it's probably not too long. So I would argue some of it has already started to creep mm -hmm. in with even now with, without even any intentional um, action on our part uh, in um, so it is it is starting it is you're at the at the very beginning of it mm -hmm. Jeff you're starting to see many tools uh, we use a product called Schoology right which is uh, a learning management system so teachers post information there think of it as a little bit of a closed Facebook system for many of our listeners uh, that will help be helpful where people can put, you know, they can post, here's what we're doing today. They can post a quiz uh, that can be self-graded, right? They can post videos. They can, it, it's just a way to consolidate all the things into our um, digital classroom, if you will, a one-stop shop, you know, rather than necessarily making, you know, hundreds or thousands of copies, which we still, we still use paper. Some people get, we still use paper, not as much as we used before. So it is starting to just by very, the very nature that Schoology product I've, I've read is already starting to integrate some AI tools that are available for folks. It is because it is is um, because this tool can be used in nearly any manner, right? With any other kind of computerized software, you are going to see it start to slowly. Yet it's gonna, it's one of those weird things. It's going to be quick and slow at the same time. If that makes any sense, hmm. it's just it's an okay. it's an interesting. That's how innovation tends to work, right? You're going to see very small pieces integrated. I think you're going to see small pieces integrated quickly, but in some of the tools, a larger influence take a little bit longer. Now, 
quickly anymore uh, really is depending on your time frame and context, <laughs> right? Two months versus 75 years, as we talked about before. Yeah, a few years back, I, I recall having conversations with you about a uh, total revolution in the uh, classroom with these computers, these mm-hmm. iPads, and it's going to teach them a different way of learning. Mm-hmm. And it's the first really evolutionary thing, revolutionary thing mm-hmm. that we've had in quite some time. Is this the second one we've had in the last six or eight years? Is it going to have that big of an impact that that, that the actual way you teach changes i think the we will see is what i would say do i think it has that chance yes i think there's a lot of people who a lot of writers are saying it it is uh that previous generation of innovation on steroids i look at one of the biggest pieces of innovation in american society right across the street out this window the public library right think about how big of an uh, Mm -hmm. an innovation that was and how that impacted an entire community but more so education where we really had a more um, equitable access to information. And I think that's what we continue to see. We're talking about more equitable access to information. You could get some of this kind of information before. You just had to pay big for it, right? Remember LexisNexis? You know, and some of those <laughs> kinds of databases that people yeah. paid lots of money for. Right. And it really is just it is creating a, a situation where it is more uh, accessible to everyone. And so will it be a revolution? <clears throat> I think we'll see. Do I think it has a chance? Yes, I do. I think any time that you increase more people's access to information, uh, of course it has the chance. Now, the key part is how do you analyze it, right? I could give everybody in this entire town a copy of a book, but if they don't read it, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do anything, right? Right. Right. And if they don't think about it critically, if they don't think about how – uh, what it means to them or if it's a a, a more how-to book, you know, if they don't apply it. So information is information no matter how we get it. It is the human brain you know, that can analyze and, and make those decisions that are best off, though I think anyone who was a child of the 1980s and the Matthew Broderick film War Games might have a little bit of a different take on that. <laughs> and, and this is maybe my, my greatest concern when we talk about AI and, and education is that, t- to me, the entire point of, of educating our children is to teach them how to learn how how to think critically, right? I mean, that's what yeah, not how for. to think, but how to think, think critically. critically. Very important distinction. And I, I guess I, I don't know. I, I, I go straight to the to the dark side on this. If we start letting our machines think for us, then we will stop start to lose the ability to think critically. Your thoughts, Doctor Hillman. Yeah, and that's going to kind of tie into the questions that I have, and that's the biggest one, is what are, what's the downside? Where are the dangers at? What can you say to make Rich's vein pop out of his right, forehead? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that today because okay. I'm not that kind of – that's not okay. going to okay. – Rich and I are a very good balance of each other, are we yeah. not? Right? Yeah. But. So I'm, I'm I, Dr. Hillman's dark side. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but let's, let's talk about where are the dangers at? Well, I think like any other tool, the danger lies in how a human being uses it. Right. You know, and so, um, and, and not going down the road of all the tools that humans have used for real success over time or the ways that we've misused them that have irrevocably damaged humanity. This tool is like anything else, right? So it is a tool used for good. It can be something that can be very positive, right? Medical research, you know, for example, mm-hmm. helping, you know, a student who's got two parents who are working incredibly hard to put a roof over their head and have food on the table, 
um, be able to have an opportunity to interact and have some additional tutoring support. That's a, to me, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, continuing to, to look at how can we make sense? How can we have an assistant, a force multiplier and making um, sense of data, right? By being able to take the, the data itself and be able to put it into a usable way of which humans can make decisions from. Are there ways that, um, and again, this is where the slippery slope is, right? Uh, of are there ways that we can objectively um, make some sense of data, right? Mm-hmm. Before we utilize it. But this is a, um, going back to the dawn of time, whatever that is in, in, in your particular mm-hmm. tradition, this is an existential human question, right? Will I use what I've been given for good or not for good? And the same tool can be used for incredible good. And in education, thankfully, you know, the good and the bad are, they're typically not um, life-threatening, right? In many ways, right? <laughs> well, even if you're using it, well, yeah, even if you're using it for bad, there's still education happening. You I got suppose. it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very true. And so I think it's this is where that, that component of um, people don't like the word, but, you know, thinking about some regulation, you know, thinking about mm-hmm. how do we use that technology. Remember when they cloned Dolly, remember mm-hmm, that, yeah. and how the world was going to end from that, and um, i pretty sure it hasn't so far, but... Yeah, 35 years later, yeah, we're still it's here. one of those pieces where, again, if you're going to, if, if you think about that, you know, there's some incredible tools um, like CRISPR, right, that allows you to, I mean, there's, right. you can go down that road of the genetic, you know, piece right. here as well, and again, we should be on guard, right, because human beings... Um, frankly get over their skis pretty quickly and then realize whoops probably shouldn't have gone there right but i think it's one of that that question of ethics which is why it's so important that's why teachers and why leaders and your neighbor and radio stations and newspapers are so important because it it allows us in the human condition to try to make sense of these things that we have been able to develop and create and how do we use them for good and how do we minimize the attempt to use them for not so good. And that's an important piece to discuss. You know, another thing that I'm concerned about is um, we're putting all this information into the internet, giving it to whatever's on the other side of that computer. This just out there for the whole world. We're giving it to companies who sell the information. Mm-hmm. There's a privacy issue that, uh, I mean, this didn't start that conversation, but it will probably accelerate that uh, conversation a little bit more and that kind of gets into the ethical thing as well and to the whole government regulation what what are the answers to those i you know (laughs) we got some problems that uh are not going to be uh answered easily and and, you know if you think about it the difference between like america and china china's you know the government has total control over everything our industry has total control over everything over here Man, there's there's a lot of getting into that ethical and, and moral uh, thing. Uh, there's a lot of it, a lot of things to think about. Intellectual property is really what yeah. I heard you talk about, and I think the privacy issue is. Um, I mean, that ship has sailed. I mean, it has. Right, there are things you can do uh, to the best of your ability to protect mm-hmm. your privacy, but um, you know that that is far down the path. I think most of us know that, right? Um, I have more of a concern about the intellectual property component. You know, with this. Um, and again, making sure that it, as it's nascent and as it, and it's really in its infancy right now, I, I, I shudder yet to think what a toddler, uh, 
generative AI looks like, right? But it will it will go through everything, right? We'll go through all of those stages, and we will use the good parts for good, and we'll try to minimize the parts that are are not so good. Uh, you know, government regulation is is also it's it's both people want it yet they don't, right? Because we want some sense of what are the as Americans we like rules, right? But we also like to bend those rules. I think as Americans we like structure. That's a, I think that's a better perspective. We don't, I think a, a, a think, structure or a framework. That's I think it's American statement. to not like rules. I that's fair. <laughs> I, I appreciate how you reframed that. This yeah. is why we're good together. Yeah. So I agree, and and it's people do want some structure. They want, I think it's they'd like some predictability. Indeed, is that fair? Indeed, absolutely. And so that's where I think that right now in all of this industry, and and when it comes to education, how are we going to continue to utilize it uh, to help our students master concepts and learn, and learning from their mistakes as well? Because that's an important part of education that we don't like to talk about very much. Is that. Mm-hmm. Think in our in the three of us in this room, we can think of a dozen circumstances right off the bat where, wish I wouldn't have done that, but we <laughs> learn from it, right? And you learn from it and you move forward. And I think that you know that's part of what our education system does is that it does help society make some sense of those things through mistakes in a safer environment. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Rich. Any final questions? No, any? I I, I, uh, I I have to go back to my my office and think about all of this stuff for a while. <laughs> You've handled it very well. Thank you. But I, I, and Matt, do you have is, any final thoughts? Well, I think this is just something that we need to pay attention to, right? Because like everything else, and, and we're, we're going to go back to the sky is falling, people are going to cheat with this. Yep, they will, because guess what? In 1913, people drove to... And that couldn't have been easy to get to Cannon <laughs> Falls in 1913, no, right? That entered my mind, the old Model T down a dirt <laughs> road in the middle of and the it, night. <laughs> so I think there's those... Humans will make sense of this... I think we need to lean in and be curious about it. Ask questions. Say when something seems like it went too far, right? But be open, you know, to the possibility. And I just can't. Um, we joke so often about how Northfield is a special place, mm-hmm. and it is. And part of it is that we have a wonderful local resource, this radio station. That leans into asking those, how many other radio stations in towns of around 20,000 people are having this conversation on December 26th of all days, right? <laughs> and I think that this just goes to, you know, we often talk about what is our industry in our Northfield? What is our industry in Northfield? And I think that that intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. is our industry, right? We have a, a number of really, really great and strategic thinkers, this particular uh individual excluded from that discussion. Yeah, I don't know about that. But we've got people who really are thoughtful. And that intellectual capital that we have in this community, I think sometimes we do um we don't value that as much as we should. Um we don't have as many places that make widgets, you know, or things like that and, and that's a very honorable piece to do as well. But we have something here that we should is really special that we should lean into and continuing con this is not the first conversation about AI on this radio station mm. and we are you are contributing to helping people make sense of it so thanks for your public service thank you for the kind words much appreciated mm-hmm. and thank you for uh, devoting so much time to us on uh, on christmas break right hey <laughs> we, this was fun this was great in fact well i mean it was your idea to begin with too so thanks for the idea we really do appreciate it. well anytime that i can work chief elliot into a opening <laughs> yeah. that's a good thing we should get him going I'm, next time i see him i show him some ai generated art that's a whole nother get some artists art zany should be putting that on because should, that's uh, a very interesting discussion too that, that's a whole topic that will make 
make my vein pop in my forehead, though, by the way. That's just, yeah. I'm just anyway. concerned about KYMN's health insurance. I didn't want to. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, We're fine. Yeah, flash him a non fungible token. And oh, he kind of goes off. <laughs> there Matt, you have it. Matt, thank you so much you for bet. coming in. Have a great much. day. Appreciate it. Rich, Happy thanks for serving with us. Yeah, my pleasure. That is Matt Hellman, the superintendent of schools. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield.